This is 251 Now with Kelly Finley, the go-to place for what's happening in our local community. Presented by Spring Hill College and the Mobile County Health Department. The businesses you need to know about, local artists to support, restaurants to visit, community leaders making a difference, local topics you and your friends are talking about now. Good Sunday morning and welcome to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. I'm Kelly Finley. Thank you for tuning in as you do each week. As you know, we bring you local leaders, local people doing great things in our community, and really uh, people you should know, especially if you call Mobile Home and you live in District 2. As I do each Sunday, I have my guests introduce themselves and tell you um, their title and who they're with, and then we get right to the conversation at hand. Good morning. Good morning, and good morning, Mobile, and good morning to the citizens of District 2. Uh, my name is William Carroll, and I am the councilman for this district, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's great to have you. Um, I've been, you know, starting this new series, and I wanted to highlight each council person and give them a chance to, whether it's to introduce themselves to people or reintroduce themselves. You are in a very unique spot because you've served in this role before. There was quite an election that we're going to talk about, (laughs) and you're back as Councilman William Carroll, District 2. Give us the backstory. Where are you from? Where did you go to high school? And how did you get to where you are today? Well, uh, I'm from Mobile, a lifelong resident. I grew up down the bay, uh, 508 Augusta Street, so I like to say I'm from down the bay. Uh, Went to St. Mary's, uh, then McGill-Tulin High School. I'm a graduate of Florida A&M University, a degree in architectural construction engineering and uh, civil. So, you know, it's been quite a while, quite a life. Uh, Was... Always involved in around the political arena because of my mother, who was Helen Carroll, and some of you may or may not know her. You know, she worked for uh, John J. Spartman, Senator, and then uh, Senator Hal Heflin, and after that, uh, U.S. Congressman uh, Richard Gerpart. So it put me in a position all my life to be involved, be involved with political figures and in uh, campaigns and all those things. So I was kind of around. And uh, later on in life, I moved into a neighborhood that needed revitalization and a whole lot of things were going on. And some things didn't quite go our way. And uh, at one point, there was a shooting in front of my house and felt that I needed to do something about it and signed up to become a city councilman. And um, we won that race, I think it was 2005. And uh that's been a story. Uh, my mother, my mother got really sick in 2010 again, and in 2012, I did not run for re-election. And later on, about eight years later, we just tried, decided to try to look at it again. And I'm very appreciative to each and every one of you that voted for us and gave us the opportunity to be your public servant. Uh, you were involved in an election where there were a number of people vying for the spot for District Two. We know that Councilman LaVon Manzi had decided to run again, and there was a very full um, um, plate of candidates wanting to have that seat. And then something happened that no one could have ever imagined. Mr. Manzi, Councilman Manzi, the former president of the city council, uh, passed away. And the election and, and, and the conversation changed. Walk us through how you pivoted. Because for some, they may not know that, you know, in order to make a runoff happen, a a, a, um, candidate has to have so many percent or not, then the runoff is is enacted. You were involved in a runoff. Yeah. Yeah. The... um 
you know, when no one candidate in a primary gets more than 50% of the vote, then you go into the runoff with the highest two voters or the highest two candidates that have the highest vote count. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were fortunate to make that runoff. Um, And then going into the runoff, we, you know, we were gathering steam and, um, you know, gathering even more support as we got into the runoff. It was unfortunate that the late Councilman LeVon Manzi passed during that process, you know, but our race at that time was was being driven by uh, the idea that uh, the census count had changed and that the city was changing and that the need for leadership was changing and, and that the need of the type of leadership was changing based on the census count. And that fueled our campaign more than anything. And the conversation that was brought up that many were focused on was annexation and where um, late Councilman Manzi may have stood on that and where you stand on that. Because as we move forward, we understand the dynamics or some people don't understand the dynamics and why, how the shift could impact them where they live in the city. Um, what do we need to know now as we move forward? Because your city councilman, William Carroll, District 2. We are in 2022. What do you want your residents to know, and what do you want the rest of the city to know? Well, Mobile is is one of the most dynamic cities in the state of Alabama. Uh, we have a port here that has grown that has grown consistently over the last ten years, and it has not seen a year where it has not increased its value and its worth to the city and also to the state. It is probably our biggest driver in the economy. And a lot of people may not even realize that. So it makes us extremely rare. We have Airbus and other industry in Austell, but if it wasn't for the port, we wouldn't have that industry. Uh, Airbus uh, simply is, is one of the biggest drivers here was because we could ship a wing over here, unload it on a, on a boat, and get it over to, to the final assembly line. You know, that was a big plus for us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, you know, looking at where we were in 1985 to where we are now, you know, our our focus has changed. In 1985, we had a three-commissional form of government. Mm-hmm. Today, we have seven council members. The population has changed from a majority majority city to a majority-minority city. Explain that yeah. to people, what well, that means. It, it simply means in this form. At, for the last, let's see, 1985 to this date, let's say uh, 30, 40 years, the city's been majority white. Now the city is majority black. And so many people want to see the face of our government also represent the population, you know, and not just have districts that are drawn where the the districts are majority minority, but then the voting populace is the majority. Mm-hmm. So again, we may have the majority of minorities in the city, but the leadership doesn't represent the population. So how do we change that? Well, we change that in redistricting, and we're going through that process right now. But in that process, the new districts have to rep- be represented based on voting age population and not just uh, a general population. There's no way we can have proper representation unless we have the proper voting age 
population in each, each district that represents it. You know, we have an opportunity now to see four majority-minority districts, but they all have to be both based on voting age population. So how are you educating um, your – and let me just say this because I, I, I did not mention this yet. You're my city councilman, so <laughs> I pay a lot of attention to what's going on in District 2. Um, how are you making sure that everyone gets the messaging um, – Besides the obvious, because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, you know, our team is constantly out there. We're, we're constantly talking. Uh, we're having uh, community meetings outside of City Hall. Uh, we're also uh, pushing and telling the people to go online and look at what the mayor has actually done in the last couple of weeks. And that's put up an interactive system to see what the new districts could possibly look at, to see what happens if you change a line. But the biggest thing is, is that for our people in our districts that don't have Internet, that, you know, don't have the resources to have interactive portals on on their computers, we are actually going out to those areas and explaining it to them so that they know. So many uh, parts of District 2 are older, like uh, Africatown, where the average age is 75 out there. You know, that they're not. that's not a constant age where you're always on a computer doing interactive things. So you have to do things a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sections of Maysville are the same way. But in those areas where we can constantly send uh, digital data out, then we're doing that. Down the Bay, Midtown, you know, Oakley, you know, uh, the Rickaby area, we're doing that. But, you know, we have to make sure that everybody understands the process. And the process is the most important. We don't want people to be disenfranchised by the population, but we don't want them to not trust it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you don't trust what's the process and what's out there and in a situation of redistricting you could come up with something that it that the term is is uh racial polarization and we don't need a polarized city we may even need a racial polarization study done here so that we're that we're sure that we're doing this in the right way we're sure that the lines are being placed correctly and we're sure that it has equity and value for everyone in a city and just not one ethnic group. Good stuff. Um, You're listening to uh, City Councilman William Carroll. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to know what your colleagues, um, their reaction to some of the ideas that you've brought up and some of the comments that you've shared during City Council meetings and and the importance of residents being more engaged and how you're making that happen with an upcoming neighborhood meeting. Quick break. Back with more after this. Welcome back to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Uh, we have been speaking with City Councilman William Carroll. He is the council person for District 2, talking about his role, um, you know, once again as council person. And we know we're talking about annexation. That's a power word to some, to others. They, they, they want to know more. And so you're doing your part to help residents better understand. I would love to know uh, what's been the reaction from your colleagues, because, you know, we have new faces on the city council and would love to know more about that. Well, you know, right now we, we haven't taken a look at an annexation plan yet, mm-hmm. but we have are, are dealing again with redistricting. Uh, annexation is probably somewhere down the line, maybe after redistricting, and it may uh, take us back into the, the a portion of reapportionment. Okay. But uh, my colleagues uh, are, are 
you know, looking at it very closely. Uh, some are trading areas within uh, their districts, you know, for feel of they're stronger in one part of the district than they are another part of the mm-hmm. district. Uh, some are okay with uh, uh, where the presentation of the mayor's redistricting plan is and, and are, are okay with that. But in the end, it has to be fair and equitable for the whole entire city and not just one council district. So, you know, sometimes there are things as council members that we're going to have to accept, you know, we're going to have to say, okay, we're going to have to balance the city based on the uh, differential or the percentage of error and make sure that we have the right areas and the lines in the place that truly represent the population of the city. And so forth, most, if not all, have been okay with that. Okay. And, you know, I mentioned you have a neighborhood meeting coming up February 15th. Where will that be held and what can people expect when they're when they arrive? Well, February 15th, the meeting will be held at the Harmon Recreation Center. Uh, That is in Maysville. It's right right down the street from uh, Williamson High School, right next door to um, I can't even remember the school right now. Um, (laughs) It's okay. But but right next to the uh, right next door to the school, right there. And the meeting will start at six o'clock. Okay. Uh, I uh, hope to and will have. Uh, people from the neighborhood redevelopment office there who will go through the process of nuisance abatement, uh, explain to the citizens how to purchase property from the city and renovate it, uh, how to purchase those pieces in their neighborhoods uh, that are available from the city. Uh, We'll also talk about uh, the repaving plan of streets in that area. Some of those streets haven't been paved in 30 years, uh, especially around the Rickaby Rickaby Street area. And uh, we'll actually have a map there so that people can see which streets are getting paved. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is is we'll have the precinct commander from the – police precinct for that area there also so we can talk about crime gun crime uh the steps that were taken in order to have a uh, shot spotter and also uh, uh gunshot detection so that people actually know what we're doing to help that portion of the city will there be q a or is this just a presentation um is this going to be interactive because um, i'm sure there are many people whether they've been happy or on the opposite they look at you as a new voice or a, a back again voice, and they may have a list of things they want to go uh, go down when they talk to you. Uh, there is always the opportunity for question and answer uh, when I'm there, and it's always the opportunity to present your problem or your need or your request for service during our meetings. If you can get those to us while I'm there, we will get those to the property department and have them start to handle the issue that needs to be handled. Uh, so open door here. Uh, like I said, even if you don't come to the meeting, you can reach out and actually give me a call at 251-404-4107 or send me an email at council2 at, the, at cityofmobile.org, mm-hmm. council2 at cityofmobile.org, and we will get your request to the proper department and have it handled immediately. You mentioned the MPD presence that will be there to answer questions and, and you know keep uh, your residents in the know. Crime, homicides. You know, we ended last year on a horrible note, um, and it's not looking very good beginning of 2022. How do we change this? How do we change this conversation? Well, you know, it can't be just the city and the Mobile Police Department on its own. I mean, we all know, you know, 
when I was on the council the last time, I, I used to make this statement. We know those individuals and people in our communities and our families that are causing issues. If you know that there's going to be a problem, don't hold back. Let us know beforehand. You know, also, we're going to bring this community policing issue that we've been doing for so long back. Uh, it was a little slow during COVID, but it's back now. So we're going to have police in areas that they need to be. Uh, that's why I wanted the beat commander at the meeting so you can meet the beat commander and also the patrol officers that are going to be in those areas so you'll be familiar with the people that are actually in your area so it may, it's helpful when you know who the police officer is there are also uh, other things that we're doing in the city to encourage uh, uh, less crime and resources that we'll be putting in different parts of the city to help uh, their food banks where there's dry food areas where people don't have to commit small crimes that turn into large crimes because they may just be hungry. There are other initiatives that we're going to take with the homeless and things like that to help them also. So we're doing everything that we can. You know, we don't always want to have checkpoints on the street where we're looking for guns and small crimes to help, you know, uh, uh, put a preventative measure in place. But those will also be there for a while. Mm -hmm. But once we start to see a decline, then things will change. You, you mentioned homeless and I, you know, Unfortunately, sometimes I can't get down to see city council meetings in person, but there's a YouTube channel that posts um, your city council meetings. And I encourage everyone to please check that out to, to be engaged and know what's going on. But the discussion on what to do about the homeless situation garnered so many comments and so many people caring and wanting the city to do different. Um, where are we on on this matter? Because the, because the temperatures are dropping and the people need help. Well, first of all, with the temperature dropping, um, you know, I'm always quickly and readily ready to open Texas Street Park as a warming center. Uh, which was done recently, which was a, which a great gift. Right. Always willing to do that. Uh, Parks and Recreation always jumps up to do this. It's a center. If you're cold and it's raining out there and it's a night uh, where we got 26-degree weather, then we will make that happen. Uh, but we need to go a step forward. We need the uh, continuum of care, the homeless coalition, and uh, the other homeless groups looking for these people in the streets when it's that cold and they need a place to go to give them a ride to get there. A lot of times they can't get to a warming center, so we need to help them or, get to a Or be center. notified of a warming That's center. That's right, or be notified of a warming Right. You know, and, and the other thing is so many times uh, to get into some warming centers, you need ID and, and a, lot, and and a, a vaccine times, card. Yeah. And, and they don't have it. Mm -hmm. So we have to be cognizant and have big hearts and understand that we have to help in these situations. So I'm always willing to get Texas Street open to get it taken care of. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the camping coordinates, you know, it, it it's it wasn't intended by Ben to hurt. He's trying to help, actually. But going forward, we and have... you're talking about your colleague. My colleague. Okay. Right. And he's he's a councilman. For District 4. Okay. Right. Ben Reynolds. Right. Ben Reynolds. And but, what, what did he do? Because so, so uh, okay. everyone's well, <laughs> not up... Uh, I mean, the shortened yeah. version. <laughs> well, Ben uh, introduced an ordinance that was a camping ordinance that was uh, to keep uh, people from camping in public parks on the right-of-ways or in, on city property. but the And it was done to prevent litter. Okay. Uh, and, and, but 
in the gist of it, you can't separate the issue of litter from the issue of homelessness, you know, or being homeless. So what the ordinance inadvertently did as written was to criminalize the homeless the day that the ordinance passes. So imagine it passing and you have the police come out, you get one fine for $100, another 500 and then you go back and you got to go to jail. But here's the thing. Homeless don't have a place to receive mail. They miss a court date. They get a second one. Then they get a bench warrant. Nobody knows they have a bench warrant. Next thing you know, somebody, you know, they they walk up and do something wrong. They look them up and they have a bench warrant. Now they're in jail. The jails are overfilled already with what we have, what what we have going on. So it's the, the ordinance just, created an unintended consequence. So, because I don't ask other council people speak for other council districts, I'm not going to ask what he meant, but what, from a District 2 standpoint, what are you doing to help everyone understand that these are human beings who may have fallen on hard times and need somewhere safe to be? That's right. Well, and the reason why I'm I'm giving you that state that Mm -hmm. way is because District 2 even the first eight years I was on the council is the heart of homelessness. Most homeless people want to be where they can get resources or find some type of revenue or some type of stream of help. So that is normally inner city, downtown, where the people are. For years, there was a large encampment on Conception Street. There's still an encampment down on Three Mile Creek. There's one underneath the bypass at Canal and I-65. You know, we know where they are. But for them to be criminalized from the day that the ordinance passed, that's kind of unacceptable to me. We have to be able to provide resources. We just can't say we're going to run you away. Where are they going to go? I mean, it's like an ant. It's like an ant mound. You you disturb it here, it's going to show up over here. So we have to create maybe homeless camps. We may have to start tiny towns. We may have. We have so many blighted structures and empty apartment complexes around here. Why can't we use some of our unfunded revenue uh, right now, which is about uh, $67 million, and help create the resource place that homeless need and create something to where they can take a shower, they can get mail, they can use the bathroom, you know, or something like that. Or even more simple, put dumpsters out there with portalettes and a wash station. So you're mentioning great ideas that 66 plus million dollars that we have sitting in the bank makes us look fiscally responsible, but very cold hearted toward people who need help. And I'm saying that as a mom, I'm saying that as a wife. So now that we know all that, because we got to wrap up, we've listed all these ideas. How do we make those happen? Well, we got to get a plan of implementation. I've asked Gina after the public safety meeting to call together all the homeless coalition groups from housing first to continuum of care and let's get something in place where it works for both the homeless and for the people that are in homes in the whole entire city and not just the constituents of district two. I mean, homelessness is not just a district two thing. It's the whole city. And hopefully with that group together, along with the written ordinance, then we can make some progress to help some people. I mean, these are people's um, daughters and sons and, and grandparents and, and, and just, 
Ooh, it's a hot button issue for me. So we've got to wrap up, but I so appreciate you joining me. Well, thank you for inviting me, and I look forward to coming back whenever you need me to, again to talk to the general <laughs> oh, public. Oh, I will reach out to you. Um, that you know, before we had city council president, we've got of course uh, William Carroll, district two uh, council person. Very thankful for you to be here and speak to all people in the city of Mobile. So you're always invited back, and continue to follow him. Best way to uh, follow up Facebook. Well, Facebook, uh, Twitter, okay. Snapchat, all of the social media, Instagram, uh, even my telephone number, 251-404-4107. And uh, my email address is council2 at cityofmobile.org. Thank you, sir. And thank you for tuning in to this edition of 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you back here same time, same place next week. Tune in every Sunday for 251 Now with Kelly Finley, presented by Spring Hill College and the Mobile County Health Department, 730 to 8 a.m., right here on The Sound of Mobile.